Schools are the first place we learn to have independence as children. A new environment away from home where the rules are stipulated by people we barely know and are told to trust. A kingdom where we are able to ask questions, questions that perhaps our parents would not know the answer to. Is there such a thing as too much school spirit? I'm Tasha Wheelhouse, and this is Copper Shock. The radio softly pulsed, I'm gonna be by the Proclaimers. It was the new hit that year in 1994, and radio stations could not get enough of it. My school was a mecca of kids, grade K through grade 5. Recess was held at the exact same time for all classes. A flood of children ran to the play area staking out their territory when the bell rang. My territory was often sitting on the monkey bars overlooking a wide soccer field of green grass. I hung upside down looking at the far edge of the school's field. A chain-link fence separated the school from a row of houses, their backyards facing us. It's time for a new game, Alyssa whined. What game? I asked. Truth or dare, she smiled at me. Alyssa rounded up a group of kids from my class, and we sat down in a circle. The first few rounds went by as normal, until Alyssa pointed toward me. Okay, Tasha. Truth or dare? Dare, I said bored. I dare you to walk up to the gray house. She pointed to the chain-link fence on the far side of the playground. Most of the houses looked fine, but the gray house. Everyone in school knew that it was haunted. No one played near there, not even the big kids. I looked over Alyssa's shoulder, making eye contact with the sunken face of the gray house. The yard was barren of any vegetation, save for dead pine trees, their trunks bent over from too many winters, bowing to the ground, and the windows were always dark. I looked back to Alyssa. She had the most sinister grin on her face. All of my friends stared at her, then back to me, waiting to see what I would do. Unless you're a scaredy cat. I double dog dare you. Alyssa's eyes narrowed. Now she was just playing dirty. I felt my face grow hot from the insult. I was edging on wanting to cry. I knew I would cry from embarrassment if I didn't go through with it. How close, I clarified. How about this, Alyssa said. You get as close as you can before you get scared. Then I'll try to beat it. Then you try to beat my record. And then keep going just like that until only one of us has gotten close enough and the other is too scared. I felt my stomach drop. I had to go lots of times? Get closer each time? Oh, I felt cheated. We weren't really going to play truth or dare at all. Alyssa double dared me, and now I can't go back on it. I stood up, dusting off the brown dirt from my knees, and began to walk toward the grass. The layout of the playground had levels. A higher level, where the school stood, had jungle gyms and a paved road with hopscotch squares painted. The field was a lower level. 
You had to take a large wooden stairway down the side of a hill to reach the grass. I was at the bottom of the hill and now looked behind me. My group of friends had gathered at the top of the stairs to watch me from there. This was, after all, a spectator sport. I took in a large breath holding it, then letting go. Some kids from another class were passing a ball to one another nearby. They looked up at me, then continued on playing. I felt how dry the grass was underneath my sneakers. Flagstaff, Arizona may have been in the mountains, but it was also classified as a desert, too. I was about 20 feet away from the fence when I stopped. I realized, for the first time, I couldn't hear anyone anymore. I felt so alone. I was in a blackout zone of the playground. I turned my heel and sprinted away from the fence back to my friends on the other side of the field. Panting out of breath, I doubled over on my knees. My friends cheered and clapped. I looked up to Alyssa and said, Your turn. She gave a smug look and joyfully skipped down the stairway toward the field. I faced outward, standing next to everyone who all seemed to have a look of terror on their face again. It was happening all over. I saw her stop, turn, and wave to the group of us. What a show-off, I thought. But it was true. She did get closer to the haunted house than me. She didn't run like a wuss, either. She walked back, taking her time, sauntering as she went. As she stepped up the stairs, she called to me. Your turn. You weren't scared at all? A friend from the group protested aloud. A little bit, but Tasha didn't get that close. I bet she wouldn't even look inside the house at all. My friends laughed, and one of them high-fived Alyssa. Rad, she said happy. She was celebrating. She didn't think I'd actually challenge her. I stumped past her, taking the flight of stairs to the field again. Her face immediately dimmed. I was determined to blow all of their minds, prove once and for all that I was braver than any of them, and get back at them for all laughing at me. My adrenaline of pride suddenly wore off as I reached my previous threshold where I'd stopped before. I didn't really think about my plan this far ahead, as I just wanted to show up Alyssa. Look inside the house? I'd heard that there was a ghost in there. I was told if you looked at the ghost for too long, you'd go insane, and your parents would need to take you somewhere far away. To shorten the risk of accidentally seeing the ghost before I was close enough to please my classmates, I came up with a plan. I would stare down at my feet as I walked toward the haunted house, look up really quick, then come back to my friends. That would fulfill the contract of what Alyssa wanted. Pointing my head toward my feet, I began to walk. I could hear whistling of the wind, the pine trees blowing around, and distant screams of happy children playing games. Just then, I saw the bottom edge of the chain-link fence. My heart started to quicken. This is it. All I need to do is look up and then run. 
My eyes pressed shut as I tilted my head up. On the count of three. One. Two. Three. I flew open my eyelids to stare into the mouth of childhood hell, but this house wasn't gray. It was green? I looked around me. I had missed the gray house. Didn't matter. I made it all the way to the fence right next to the house. I'd done it better than Alyssa, and that was good enough for me. I started hearing a tap, tap, tap on glass. The rule of thumb for a kid is if you can't see it, it cannot see you. But I saw her, the back of her, through a window with no dressings. She had a long faded blue dress. Tumbling over her shoulders were knots of uncombed brown hair. Her head cocked to the side, so far it made her neck look broken. I felt my feet cemented to the ground staring into the window. There was that sound again, and louder, but where was it coming from? My eyes glanced toward another window of the house, this one closer to me. The woman was facing me, one hand with a long cracked fingernail tapping on the glass pointing at me. White eyes glossed over stared ahead from her angled neck. I screamed, falling backward into the scratchy dry grass. I picked myself up and ran so swiftly I could hardly breathe. Before I made it all the way to the stairs, Alyssa was on her way down and passed me on the field, ignoring me as I begged her not to go back there. I stood there on the field watching her power walk her way straight to the gray house. Alyssa's determined march was compelling to watch, but I could not fathom going anywhere near that place again. I saw her reach out her hand to touch the fence, and then she stayed there, looking into the windows. I saw her dart her head, looking from window to window, panicked. Just then, Alyssa screamed and fell to the ground. Alyssa! Alyssa, get up! I yelled. I looked around to find an adult, but none of them were close enough. My friends at the top of the stairs all started to call out to her in a panic, raising their voices. Alyssa started to convulse and stretch her arms in wild directions, beating the back of her head against the ground. Without thinking, I bolted, running toward her. I had a lead on all the other friends who bounded down the wooden steps after me to come help. This wasn't a game anymore. I got closer and slid on the grass next to her. Alyssa, I said. She continued her seizure, and the other kids ran up. I yelled at them, Don't look into the windows. Go get a grown-up. Hurry! Alyssa's convulsions started to pass and, to my relief, three adults came over hastily, one of them being the vice-principal, picking her up in one swoop and carrying her away, practically running across the field toward the school. I was left alone next to the chain-link fence, my back facing the windows of the gray house.
she can't see me if I can't see her. More forcefully, wanting me to turn around and look. Slowly, I felt myself walking away from the fence, not looking back. I tried to tell the grown-ups what happened, but the moment I said ghost, I could see everyone stopped listening to me. Alyssa's parents were furious. Later, Alyssa told me she wasn't allowed to play with me anymore, that I'd hurt her somehow because she's never had seizures before. I laid down in my nightgown, tucking the blankets up to my chin. I shared a room with my big sister, her back facing me and sound asleep. My home back then was nestled in the Highland Skate community, all large homes with golf fields and forests for backyards. The windows were wide, but they had blinds. The door to the patio, however, was a long glass panel that looked out into the black mouth of the Flagstaff Forest. No curtain on this door. I fell asleep and woke up in the middle of the night needing to go to the bathroom. As I'm about to sit up, from behind me, I heard on the glass patio door. I froze, not moving a muscle. I started to cry quietly, methodically. I sat up sideways, facing my wall. Climbing out of my bed backward, I reached my feet for the floor of my darkened room. I faced my wall, edging myself along it. At last, I felt my hand grip the door handle to the hallway. Turning it quietly so as not to wake up my sister, the tapping got louder. I slipped into my pitch black hallway and slowly shut the door tears streaming down my face. I could still hear it through the wood. That night, I begged my parents to use their bathroom and sleep with them. The only excuse I gave them was that I had a nightmare and refused to explain it further. I'm grown up now. I never sleep in rooms where windows don't have covers on them. For if a glass window is uncovered, I anticipate that tapping sound. You can tell me it's the wind picking up rocks and knocking the window pane. But I know that it's that woman. And if I can't see her, she can't see me. Thank you for listening. This episode of Copper Shock was produced by me, Tasha Wheelhouse. If you liked this episode, please take a moment and rate this channel on iTunes. Your ratings help this channel grow and every vote is appreciated. This recording is available on podcast with new episodes released weekly. Please check out any additional content on the coppershock.com website. I hope to see you next week.